A reminder to join the big show tomorrow from 3 to 6 at the warehouse at 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. That's the warehouse. Time now to talk a little college football with Riley Jensen. He's coming to us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm curious, Riley. You know, you run the camps and the coaches, uh, part of the recruiting process, they want access to you and what you know about kids and kids' work habits and all that kind of stuff. So you end up with access that a lot of media members don't get. What kind of dirt are you hearing that the average media member can't report right now because they don't know? <laughs> uh, not, you know what? This isn't the time of year where I get a lot of the dirt. Um, I would say right now that overall I feel like high school coaches, players, and those sorts of things are probably <clears throat> feeling more attention than they've had in a long time from you know, Utah State, Utah, BYU, and they feel pretty good about recruiting because it can go sideways pretty quick if guys aren't paying attention to them. And so I think, I think the thing that I would say is that there's, there's not a ton of dirt. This isn't the time of year where I'm hearing a lot of things, but it is the time of year where you're like, God, you know, so-and-so came by this summer, so-and-so came by and looked, this guy's looking at our kids. And it just it feels good overall to me as far as those schools getting out and recruiting people and doing a good job of getting, I guess what you would call touches, at different high schools and talking to the different coaches because the, the, the high school coaches talk a lot. Hey, is this guy coming by your school? And is this guy coming by your school? And if you have a if you have a guy that's being recruited, that's usually like a no brainer. It's usually the schools that you can figure out are, well, God, I know I don't have any guys this year, but they're just not going to show up if I don't have any guys. And they could ask my opinion on some of these guys that we're playing against, you know. And so. I think I think overall, like a lot of the coaches are pretty happy with what's going on. Well, I talked to you about Zach Wilson down in Provo. You look at him, he's had the surgery, he hasn't been hit. I don't know that he's participated in every single drill, all the drills. I don't know that he's participated in every single practice. So how much concern do you have that he'll be ready? And then, even if he is ready, he might not be 100%. And what happens, not when... Not if, excuse me, not if, but when he takes a hit to that shoulder. Well, interestingly enough, there, there's, there's a huge psychological portion to, to sports injury, right? And so when, when you're talking about what's going on with Zach, there's, there's, a, there's a damaged labrum. He's on a pitch count. I think they're doing a lot of the things right. Quarterbacks don't really get hit in practice anyway. I mean, that. You know, I always laugh when people are like, "Well, you know, he's not getting hit in practice, or he's not. They don't. They don't take any hits." And I'm like, "Well, yeah. I mean, that's just that's just normal protocol all the way down through like little league now. I mean, in in high school, we don't we don't let kids hit our quarterback. Um, we're we're trying to keep that position healthy, no matter what. Now, the the psychological part that comes into this is he has been injured." He, he has been on a pitch count. My guess is is that he went into he went into fall camp about eighty five percent. If he's anywhere between 
90 and 95 percent by the time he starts and look those are really ambiguous numbers right like you're feeling like pretty good except for maybe on one or two throws if you're at 85 percent so he's on a pitch count they're doing things right but there's a huge there's a huge moment for every injured player where they have to stress that injury or they have to go through something that that delivers a blow or delivers something and the injury holds up. It's almost, you know, and, and sometimes with a quarterback, it can take two games or three games before they actually get hit or take, like, some sort of blow that gives them the confidence that, like, hey, my injury held up. I feel great. I can let it whip. You know, I've, I, I work with all kinds of athletes that that, that go through this, this kind of psychology of injury. And it's until they – stress that injury and that injury holds up I don't feel like they're totally whole until that until that situation happens and at the quarterback position I mean like really getting hit on the labrum or really like stressing yourself on a rollout and you really throw the ball downfield and you're trying to let it you're trying to let it fly and you feel the pain or you feel the stretch of that labrum or that or that you know that that area um, it's going to be hard for him to feel completely 100% confident until he's like really let it whip and it, and it holds up for him. So if you were the offensive coordinator and you were calling the plays, would you run him early to make sure he gets hit so he just gets over that and gets it out of his head? <laughs> would you have him throw a deep ball early in the game for the same reason? Uh, so I, I do that with quarterbacks anyway. Uh, I, maybe not a deep ball. I, I almost... I'll almost always run the quarterback or give him an opportunity to take a hit early just to get just to get that out of your system, right? And um, as far as the deep ball goes, I don't think that they're going to – I just don't think you really think about it. If, if you feel like he's good enough to start, you're just going to call the plays that you need to call. But interestingly enough, I do feel like it's important for a quarterback to get hit early just to kind of like get into the game and, and feel like, okay, I took a hit, like it's on, you know, and now I just got to focus on what I need to do. So I would not be surprised to see an offensive coordinator, you know, run him on, not, not like an up the middle type of run, but maybe there's a rollout pass where he can run and, and kind of take a hit as he's going out of bounds just to, just to kind of get him like focused back in, like, okay, you're a football player. You know how to do this. And, and look, we're talking about this, and there's a psychology to Zach Wilson that I think is different than a lot of guys. I think, I think he's got a little bit of an it factor. I think he's, I think he's a football player. I think he, I think his mindset is is even at eighty percent, he's better than ninety five percent of quarterbacks in America. So I, there's there's a part to him that we're talking about psychologically that that isn't very weak. I mean, he's a he's a pretty strong kid mentally, in my opinion. All right, with that in mind, though, being a strong kid mentally, which I would agree for based on people that I've spoken to back from his high school days to now, I'm wondering, do you think there'll be any residual effect mentally over the fact that he's had this surgery and he hasn't been hit, and so we really don't know how it's going to be until he takes that hit? Well... <clears throat> The good news about the good news about Zach, if you're if you're a BYU fan, is he's been injured before. He got injured his senior year and missed three or four games because of an ankle. So he's he's been through 
this sort of a process before. Now, last year he didn't miss any games for BYU. It was a postseason surgery. He did miss spring ball. But I think that was, a, you know, I think they decided to do that. And so, to me, I think he knows some of the process. He knows some of the things that he needs to go to when he's been injured. And that mentally he's going to be able to work through some of these things fairly easy. He played at a super high level after coming back from the injury in high school. I don't anticipate that there's going to be any major things going on with, with him coming back from an injury to his shoulder or to his labrum, excuse me. Riley Jensen, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We can ask a lot of these injury questions about uh, Tyler Huntley. Uh, are, any of the, are any of your thoughts any different there? Um. No, not not much. I mean, injury across the board is is difficult for athletes for a lot of different reasons. One of them, one of the psychological reasons is that there's kind of a withdrawal from team um, that's perceived by the injured athlete, and it usually the withdrawal that that takes place is usually from the athlete, not the team, um, and they have an expectation of like what they should be treated like when they're injured, and so. The only thing that I would be thinking as far as Tyler Huntley is, you know, how much did he withdraw? Is he back with the team? Did he, you know, did he ever feel like he wasn't part of the team as they were going through their Pac-12 championship run? And all indications to me from the people that I've talked to is that he's back, he's strong, he's leading the team and doing the things that he needs to do. So I just get the impression that he's ready to go as well. Look, you know, when you play quarterback, when you play the quarterback position, it's if you're not somewhat mentally tough, that position will chew you up. And I, I don't think Tyler Huntley or Jordan Love or, or Zach Wilson are not up to the challenge. I think all three of them are, are, are high-quality quarterbacks for different reasons. Yeah, because I analyze quarterbacks and because I do those sorts of things, like I can be a little bit nitpicky, but, I mean, if you're – if you're just backing up to the 30,000-foot level, I mean, these are three high-quality quarterbacks in the state right now. In fact, you could argue that it's the three high-quality quarterbacks that we've had in a while in the state of Utah. Yeah, I would argue that for you. I agree with you. I agree on that concept. And you have Huntley being the only one of them is a senior. And, you know, he has a fair amount of experience, obviously. But Utah's never had this much expectation, particularly certainly in the Pac-12 nor has it had this much at stake. So with that in mind, my thought is Kyle Whittingham dials it down even more offensively because of what's at stake, given the fact that they're expected to go to the Rose Bowl at the minimum. Maybe not at the minimum, certainly expected to win the South at the minimum. So with that in mind, and given the fact that it is great defense, how much do you expect that he turns even more conservative? Well, I mean, there's... There's kind of a saying amongst coaches and, and players and well, mostly on coaches that, you know, when coaches feel pressure or if coaches feel, you know, like a certain amount of expectation, generally they, they kind of go back to their default settings, right? So right. If, you're, if you're working with, if you're working with, you know, a double wing school and he tells you like, yeah, we're opening it up for your son and, and we're going to throw the ball more because your son is is a great thrower and then he gets into a tight game, guess what he's going back to? It's double wing when he's under pressure. And 
if you got a wishbone coach, he does the same thing. And if you got a West Coast coach, he does the same thing. And Kyle, and and by the way, this is not a criticism on Kyle. Like, this is a super successful coach that has a formula for winning. But his formula has been play really good defense and play special teams. Don't make the quarterback position an all-encompassing thing that you can only win if you have a good quarterback and run the ball, take care of the football, and I could see, I could see that in certain games he'll he'll kind of not feel pressure because he'll feel like they they have a good chance to win that game. But in big games, I w- I would absolutely expect that he would double down on really good defense, play good special teams, and take care of the football offensively. Which when when coaches say that, that's code for run the freaking ball. <laughs> When they say take care of the football, it means run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Yep. So Kyle, after the scrimmage, it was closed to the media, uh, talked about how uh, he's got a wide receiver now who is a big-time deep threat as good as anybody in the country. And when you hear that, I wonder what you think. And not just the words, but listen to the confidence in the tone as well. He is a legit deep threat, as, as legit a deep threat as there is in the country. One of, you know, one of, the, one of the best deep threats in the country. He's blazing fast. Jalen Dixon right there, one of the best deep threats in the country. What do you think when you hear that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> Look, he, there, there's a lot of moving parts to being the head coach, right? And I think almost every year he he is probably so tired of the wide receiver question. I mean, it feels like it's the same questions every year. It feels like it's the, almost the same answers every year. Now he hasn't give he hasn't given that particular answer, but I mean that that's a new one that maybe he came up with to like keep the dogs off for a while. Like I, to me, I think the wide receivers need to be good. I think the wide receivers ought to be good. I think they're also a position that he's probably got to make them feel a little bit confident because my guess is with Andy Ludwig and with the things that, that, that we can deduce from Andy Ludwig and, and coach Witt that they're running the ball in practice and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do some things publicly in the media and some different things to keep wide receivers happy. If you're running the ball a lot. I mean, my guess is, is that this team, is at the minimum going to be a 60% run, 40% uh, passing team. And so, yeah, you want to be able to say that you have a deep threat so that this guy feels like, well, if I'm not getting a ton of catches, at least I'm going to get some over the top. You want to say you have a deep threat so that if everybody in the world thinks you're going to run the ball, that, yeah, you're going to run the ball, but I'm also going to, I'm also going to throw the ball deep on you if you come and put nine in the box type of thing. So, look, I – Right now, like comments from coaches, um, they're tired. They're they're going through and they're thinking about a lot of different things. Sometimes people ask them questions about things they don't want to talk about, and don't think that Kyle's not good with the media and not seasoned with the media. Now he knows he knows he knows the drill and he knows what he's going to say. So to me, that answer, as exciting as it may be to Utah fans. Um, it may be true or it may, be not, it may not be true. I think there's – when I'm listening to him speak, there's a lot of coach speak that goes on with him, especially in the, in the preseason. And to me, it may be true, 
right? He may really believe that, but I think he's just throwing things out there to to get through interviews and to get back on track to what he wants to do, which is look at film, evaluate players, and get to where they want to go um, this early in the season. How good can you be at the deep ball in terms of how many times you need to practice it to be good at it and actually use it in a game? That's an interesting question because, um, you know, depending on the style of offense that you use, I mean, really good offenses, if you really break it down, aren't going deep that often. And, And, in fact, if you're going... If you if you have a legit four throws that are that are over twenty yards in a game the year to, and you complete two of those you're gonna feel you're gonna feel really good about that game. I mean you're, you're talking about a fifty percent. You went two for four on throws over forty yards. You tried to hit a post. You tried to hit a corner. You, you did some different things to to bring the defense up into the box and then you took advantage of it. So. Yes, I think you need to practice it, but I also think a deep ball and those situations are more a function of how well did you run the ball, how well did you set up the, the short throws so that defenses start get, scooting up and getting greedy, and then, and then you take it over the top. And if you're doing those things well, I don't know that you have to practice it that much to be good at it because it's going to be wide open. Like, it's, it's not even, you know the ball it's going to be open and if a, a college quarterback can't hit that ball without a lot of practice then he probably shouldn't be starting for you or you shouldn't have recruited him but I do think I do think that the time I think I think that maybe the more important question is is are you throwing the ball enough so that you have good timing in those situations so Let's take, for example, you know, my statement that I think at a minimum they're going to run the ball 60% and 40%. I do think that you need to have a healthy amount of practice so that when those 40% of throws happen, when you get to a stressful point in the game and you've got to have a big throw or you've got to have a big completion or a third-down conversion, that the timing is there. Because the passing game, more than anything, and more than why you practice it, is that timing, right? And so... The timing has to be right to be able to throw a dig at 12 yards, put the ball on his face mask, whether he's covered or not, and make that catch and keep the chains moving. So I think, I think the question is, is you do need to practice the passing game enough so that you can have those, those dagger throws at the end of a game that keep, keep drives alive so that you continue to run the ball and that you can continue to run the clock out and kind of flatten the football on teams when you're ahead with this style of a team. So, so yeah, I, I think the question is well-merited. Like, you do need to practice this passing game, but I have a lot of confidence in Andy Ludwig. I, I've, I've, I've always liked him. I think he's an outstanding coach, and I think you're going to see Huntley be in high, high percentage passing situations um, and that he will have practiced them and that he'll know where to go with the football. And so I, I fully expect that you're going to see a good a good passing season out of Tyler Huntley because of, because of Andy Ludwig. Riley, it's always good to talk college football with you. We're getting closer and closer, just a couple weeks now. I know. I know. I can, I can smell it. The crickets are out. I, that's, that's one of my indicators all the time. Like you, you sit down, you sit down on your porch at night, you can hear the crickets. They're not usually out all summer when it when it starts the football season. You can hear the crickets. So, 
when you hear the crickets, don't think of me. Think of football. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Riley. All right, man. There's Riley Jensen, our college football insider. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Coming up, we're going to talk Boise State football with Dave Southern. He's a writer for The Athletic covering the Boise State Broncos for both on the BYU and Utah State schedules this year. We'll talk with Dave coming up in about 40 minutes. DJ, PK, and Andrew Reinhardt join us right now from Wasatch Medical Clinic here to tell us about a scientifically proven treatment for ED. Yeah, this is called acoustic wave therapy. Um, fairly new. FDA cleared about five years ago. Uh, for one thing, increasing blood flow, opening up blood vessels. Uh, guys struggling with erectile dysfunction have been, you know, ordering supplements from everywhere, doing injections, the pill, of course. Uh, all of those come with nasty side effects. We're seeing an 85% success rate of guys that come in with ED, some that have struggled for a long time, many years in fact, get back on track to their younger years. They eliminate the medication. That's a huge relief um, for a lot of guys because of the side effects, of course. So we've all been watching a game, and one of the ads comes on. Yeah. And the list of side effects, the announcer's voice speaks oh, yeah. up. They try to get through it really <laughs> fast. But if you listen close, you're kind of like, oh, right. okay. Right. So. With with your deal here at the Wasatch Medical Clinic, with your treatment, acoustic wave ther- therapy, any side effects? No side effects at all. It's totally non-invasive. It would look like kind of an ultrasound machine. It's placed on top of the skin. It's not surgical. It kind of gently opens up the blood vessels in this part of the body. So we're not no medication, no hormones. Um, you, you're back on track literally 10 minutes after you walk out of there. 801-901-8000. you got a deal for people who pick up the phone and call 801-901-8000 right now. Yeah, if you're struggling with ED, if you're sick of the pills, and if you're maybe a little bit embarrassed, this uh, free assessment and exam is the, the exact thing you need. Come on in, find out why you have ED. This is not a sales process. You're going to sit down with a medical doctor. He'll go through your entire history. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound. That's normally about a $300 value. Call us right now and we'll do it totally free. All right, 801-901-8000. Andrew Reinhardt from the Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Colts have clarified that Andrew Luck's lower leg injury is now a high ankle issue, and his status for the season opener with the Chargers is now in doubt. Luck's injury originally had been reported to be a calf strain. Washington Redskins have rebuffed multiple teams' offers to trade for seven-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle Trent Williams, who is holding out a training camp due to his concerns with regards to how a growth on his head was treated over the years. Former Cowboy quarterback turned CBS broadcaster Tony Romo said, it's only a matter of when, not if, the Cowboys get Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, and Amari Cooper new deals. HBO's in negotiations with four college football programs, Alabama, Arizona State, Penn State, and Washington State, to create a behind-the-scenes access show similar to HBO's long-running NFL show, Hard Knocks. PK reports Arizona State had HBO cameras at practice yesterday. Major League Baseball, the Dodgers pound the Marlins 15-1 and pick up their 80th win of the year as they hit six homers. Salt Lake Bees were swept by Iowa, 5-2 the final score. Bees are off today, host El Paso tomorrow at Smith's Ballpark. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Don't take the bus tour at the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport Parking offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and free 24-7 car-to-curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking since 1922, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save at Diamond Airport Parking. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. A lot of times people will ask me if you wouldn't have been a professional football player, if you wouldn't have been a radio analyst, what would you have been? I always tell them a paleontologist. <laughs> I, We've done shows for a long time. You've never, ever mentioned that ever. I know. Paleontology? What? Maybe if you showed more I interest was, in the things I'm interested in. Was it just in? because of Laura Dern in Jurassic Park? Because you say that, then I'm like, okay, I got you. You know, Sam Neill was never right for her. Now, Dr. Hans. Dr. Hans. <laughs> Girl, nature always finds a way. I don't know how you guys take my dreams and just crumple them up like a piece of paper and throw it right back in my face. Oh, man. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Join the energy and excitement of Vivint Smart Home Arena. They're going to be hiring a, holding a hiring event to fill a variety of part-time positions for arena events, including jazz games and concerts. The hiring event will take place August 22nd to the 24th at the Zions Bank Basketball Campus in Salt Lake City. Apply prior to the hiring event at lhm.com slash careers under the Vivint Smart Home Arena section. Walk-ins will also be welcomed during the event. Apply today. All right, Yak, we were uh, discussing a couple of takes, and a uh, national writer got pulled into one of the discussions earlier that somehow evolved into a tendency smack, all based on the report that BYU was going to have about 7,000 fans. I guess we've already sold about 7,000 tickets to the tennis. More than 7,000. More than 7,000. Don't 7, be shortchanging them, you boy. Is the thing sold out, or will it keep, or will that number keep going up? I what sold out? So their, game. their allotments are sold no out for BYU. I have no idea what Tennessee sells yeah. out for their games. I'm not a Tennessee guy. You'd have to ask. Holds over 100,000. You'd have to ask Kenny Chesney. He's a big He's a Tennessee guy. Oh, big time. Uh, I'll get Kenny on the line. We'll get an update on that. So. He's a volunteer fan. I mean, there's always the secondary market, right? There's yeah. always tickets available to the game, Dad. All I know is that BYU is going to be there in staggering numbers. <laughs> in what numbers? Staggering. Staggering. Their fans won't be staggering because they're all sob. But the amount of fans, it's always impressive. I've been on the road in all parts of this country with the Cougars. And they're always there. You can see them, man. You know them. I I tell you that story. A friend of mine now covers the National Hockey League for the Orange County Register. Well, in his early days in his sports writing career, he's working for the Times. And he's covering basketball. But he's not covering the big schools. He's covering all the little schools. Long Beach, Fullerton. I mean, there's a ton of them, right? Big West, West Coast Conference. right? so, So he's got those assignments. And so... BYU's playing a basketball game there, and usually you just pull right up. You park right on a curb there, and you just walk right in. So they had like a 4 o'clock in the afternoon game, because I can remember the game because it's a beautiful winter day, and the sun is right there, and the ocean is right there, and and, uh, the crowds were, they normally just have like one person taking tickets. Well, it's BYU. And it's not, they weren't in the West Coast Conference then, so they're not going down there guaranteed every single year, multiple right. locations as they are now. And so the crowd is like winding around because they're not prepared. And Paul Westfall was the coach. He comes out <laughs> and starts thanking people coming to the game because he must have heard about it. And my buddy, Eric Stevens, writer, he said, uh, yeah. And I was covering the game for the Watchdog. And he says... 
I had to park way over the hill. I'm thinking, what's going on? And then I remember, those bleepity bleep Mormons. (laughs) (laughs) And they're going to come out. And he was laughing about it because he knew I was, and I knew him for years down there. And then I'm up here now. And those are facts, man. They came out. I can remember, might have been that game was uh, Ben Olsen's senior year, I think. And Ben Olsen was at the game. And people were buzzing in the crowd that Ben Olsen. Ben Olsen's there. Yeah. Ben Olsen. That's Ben Olsen. <laughs> yeah, he's over a 6'5". There. I think he lives in Utah County now. Is he the Thousand Oaks quarterback? Yeah. And so, you know, he was at the time recognized as all that. And he had a ton of injuries in his college career, so it didn't work out for him. Uh, but is a big deal when they would come to town. Like Detroit on a winter night and it's just bitter cold and icy and I'm walking up to the hotel making sure I don't fall and the parking lot goes up a little bit to where you can park to go check in. First license plates I see, I don't remember the state, but it says BYU fan on it. Personalized license plates. I'm telling you, man. (laughs) You turn on the lights and they scatter like cockroaches. Oh, look at you. Like cucarachas. (laughs) <laughs> bilingual cockroaches they're everywhere so 7,000 more than 7,000 BYU fans at Tennessee for the SEC game week two of the season and so that gets written about and then fans start firing off on each other and away we go yeah we got some feedback grab the phone use the open mic yeah, I think we got Tyrone on there BYU is expected to have 7,000 fans at the Tennessee game in Knoxville. How can anybody argue with Stuart Mandel's opinion that BYU has a Power 5 fan base? Got talking about that, and then all of a sudden Dwight had this to say. I'm not a Ute fan, but my personal opinion is that the rattle cans that you're listening to, PK, are people who have no clue what sports are all about, and it's all about a logo and a name brand and recognition. Well, if there is a sport that is about a logo and name brand and recognition, it's college football, followed by college basketball. So uh, how much do you have to know X's and O's to be a football fan? Not a lot. He's taking a shot at what he's saying is they're only going to the games because they're Mormons. Isn't that what he's saying? Let's just call it like it. Okay. Let's cut through the BS. Some people and only get go to, to the games point. because there's beer. Some people only go to games because there's fights. I mean... There's Not fights everybody and goes, beer? That's what you came up with? What? Fights and beer. How long did the NHL market itself <laughs> that's, that's off fights? NHL. This isn't football. Yeah, but it's sports fans. How much do you We're have to be football. any sports fan? It doesn't matter. It matters to fans, me. Why do fans go to games? They go for lots of reasons. It's something to do. Yeah. So you don't have to know uh, well, how they're supposed to rotate on that pick and roll defense. Or what does a cover two look like? Well, you have the high safeties. Yeah. Tell me more. What is it? Grease? (laughs) (laughs) I think most fans have a general idea. I don't think they're entirely clueless about it. And I I wonder, you you know, I I think I might debate, which I normally do anyway, we get that, the (laughs) concept that Latter-day Saints go to these games because of a religious connection and obligation because all I have is my experience 
My experience growing up in Arizona, you know, certainly in New Jersey, was nothing. You heard nothing about BYU, mm-hmm. and it was all Notre Dame. And there's it's such a heavy pro sports area anyway. You barely heard anything about college to begin with. Um, but growing up in Arizona was a more representative reflection. And I played ball with a number of LDS guys. And we talked football. ASU was the only football they had growing up there. The no Cardinals, Cardinals didn't yet. come was, until the yeah. 80s, mid-80s or whatever. So I'm down there as a youngster in the 70s and 80s. And we're all, especially because all I know, I don't remember, I wasn't around when they played in the WAC. It was all Pac-10, right? And so it was a big deal in the Pac-10 because they got off to a good start. There's this misnomer that it took them years to develop. It actually didn't. They were fine early and then sucked later on. And so they were threatening for Rose Bowls repeatedly right off the bat. And I remember having extensive conversations, going to games as a fan, seeing LDS people, and they were hard, hardcore ASU fans. They didn't ever talk about BYU. So why does that mean in Tennessee where football is 10 times bigger than it is in Tempe, why would I assume that they're going to go, oh, it's BYU. I feel a natural religious obligation to get in my car and drive 200 miles and go to this game. I don't buy it. I like the other word you use. It's more connection than obligation. Growing up in San Diego, people root. They're from everywhere. And people root for all kinds of different teams for all kinds of different reasons. But... You just got used to it. I mean, if you went to a Padre game, there were always going to be five to 10,000 Cubs fans there, five to 10,000 Mets fans. It was just normal. Tons of retired Navy there. If BYU or Navy was in town, and Navy's come to play San Diego State, and they've been to multiple bowl games over the years there, there were going to be a ton of fans there. It's just the way it is. People but it's have not their some religious obligation. I don't think it's an obligation. Or I, think, I don't think it's a connection. It's a connection. No, I think they're BYU fans. That that your statement goes counter to what I just said. My LDS fans that I knew as friends or casual observers, in some cases teammates, they were ASU fans. They lived and breathed like I did, the Sun Devils. They had Zippo connection to BYU. They never discussed BYU, unless they were doing it around clo- in closed doors, be away from me. But I went with them, I played with them, I interacted with them, and we would all talk Devils. Nobody talked BYU. So there was no connection. They weren't sympathizing with BYU because of some religion where they went to church on Sunday. No, they were devil fans. That's where they lived. That's where they went. That's where that was the community in which they lived. So I disagree with what you're saying. There's, I don't think they're going out of some casual religious connection. Well, I don't. Well, first off, I didn't think the fans who were there were casual. I mean, the fans who were there. Were All right. Hardcore religious. They were, con- they're they were, going to they're BYU because we're Mormons. No, I don't buy it. They're going to BYU San Diego State because they're BYU fans. Right. Not because they're Mormons. If they happen to be Mormons, so be it. They probably are. I get that. But that's not why they're going. They're going because they're BYU fans. Just like the LDS folks that I knew went to Sun Devil Stadium because they were Sun Devil fans. Yeah, but they don't necessarily live within 50 miles of the stadium. I mean, they've all got their ties. They may have been... People who lived there, moved and went to school, and moved back, which is, I think, kind of unusual for state universities. But 
just they're in bigger numbers. That now makes it also, even less likely was, they're going to go to the game if they don't was, live within 50 miles. <laughs> you're, if you're a was, cat, you're just, oh, it's Mormons, so I got to go because my stake president is ordering me. So I'm going to get up at 4 in the morning and drive 300 miles to go okay. see some football I think game. If That's it were, not happening. If it were obligation, there would have been 40,000 BYU fans there. It's not nah, obligation. I, I, I don't know that there's 40,000 fans within uh, 20 hours of uh, Tennessee. I can give an example. He can give an example. To Nebraska. I've got a family member who grew up a Nebraska fan. Lived here in Utah his entire life. When BYU went out to play Nebraska, he was there full Cornhusker gear. Another one of my buddies. Full th- Cornhusker regalia. Four, yeah, I got four, it. There we go. Full corn. Another he, one. Were they smoking? No, they weren't smoking. Okay. They were smoking no, mad at the end of it. Another one lives, lives in Orange County, California. Grew up in Texas. He's a huge Cornhusker fan. Both of them members of the church. Both of them there in full decked out in red yeah so i i I disagree with this idea that Susie housewife up what the cougars are coming to town so we got to just a lot our whole saturday and drive x amount of miles to go see some football game they're going because they're either a fan of tennessee or they're a fan of byu not because there's some casual fan you're going to go to a game that's going to have a hundred thousand people fight traffic Sit up top where you can sit at home, watch it in your HD, drink your non-alcoholic beverages, and have your whole day. You don't have to plan everything around this game. So that is utter bullcrap. No, it's not. Yeah, you have a link. You have a team. You have a reason. You don't. It's not no, the you same. Don't, you don't. It's do not it. the same for everybody across the board. Ninety-five percent. They're, they're a fan of either of those teams. It sure, is an effort to go to a college football game. It's not something, oh, well, let's see, man. It's, it's 2 o'clock. The game starts at uh, 2.30. Let's go to the game, Bob. Okay, sure, let's go. That's not the way it works. You plan your whole day. It's a 7 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night thing. Particularly, if how many Mormons live in Knoxville? They're going to have to drive a fair amount just to go to a football game because there's some, it's BYU? No. They're BYU fans. That's why they're going to the football game. Not because, oh, there's going to be some Mormons playing out on the field. Let's go support them, Harriet. Sure, we'll. I'll pick you up at 7, Mildred. No, that's not the way it is. No! DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. How do you make that noise? It's passion. It comes out, man. How do we all make noises that emit from our bodies? Easy. All right, DJ and PK. <laughs> Yuck, you okay? Argue with anything I said. I defy I, at, you. At this point, we don't even know what the heck it is you said. <laughs> I think we do. I, I think just, you're spot just, on if you're paying attention with a discerning ear. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Coming up next, it's a Wednesday. And that means it's time to win tickets. So... We'll give away some tickets next, send you out to a concert, and then at 9 o'clock we get the lowdown on a big opponent for Utah State, a critical opponent for BYU, the Boise State Broncos. Dave Southern joins us, writer for The Athletic, covering the Broncos. He'll join us in about 15 minutes on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. 
as we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you one, Bob. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Through 11 and Dirty Heads are heading out on tour together this summer. Come on out with them and special guest Dreamers and Bikini Trill Tuesday, August 20th. USANA Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. We got four tickets to see 311 and Dirty Heads, August 20th. You sign Amphitheater. Be caller 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. It's a win Tickets Wednesday. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up, we're going to be talking with uh, Dave Southern, who covers the Boise State Broncos for the Athletic and PK. Boise State, they've replaced a lot of guys before. They're going to have to replace a lot of guys again. This is a, a team in transition at the offensive skill positions. They've sent a lot of guys to NFL camps. No wonder they've been good. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, all in camps. Actually, a couple wide receivers, I think, in camps. Yeah, they've done a great job at uh, recognizing that type of talent to be able to come up with it. And obviously, Rippon was a four-year starter. Yep. They've got a highly touted kid who's a freshman, uh, Bachmeyer, I think his name is. I know Utah was trying to get in on him, if I remember correctly. And uh, they have had a 1,000-yard rusher for 10 consecutive seasons. And will they have one this year because they're running back from last year's off to the NFL. Alexander so, Madison's in Minnesota with the Vikings. Uh, yeah, and we can remember a number of guys who've been really good over the years. And so what will they do? My expectation for them is that they keep it rolling. All right, we'll talk with him coming up next. Right now we'll talk with Andrew Reinhardt from the Wasatch Medical Clinic here with a permanent and scientifically proven treatment for ED. Yeah, we've got this acoustic wave therapy. Basically uses pulsating acoustic waves to treat the root cause of the problem for ED, which is blood flow. Um, What's so cool is that typically with a few short treatments at our clinic in Murray, that's all it takes. So if you think, you know, about a guy, you're out there struggling with ED right now, by end of August, let's call it, you can be back to normal, that's huge. Instead of having to suffer with this problem for the next many, many years, in just a few weeks, through the acoustic wave therapy, you can eliminate medication. Um, and that also means eliminating the side effects, which is huge for a lot of guys. So who's a candidate? Pretty much anybody struggling with ED is a candidate. We can work with any age, despite age, uh, health history as well. Um, I will say that a guy that has some or partial function left, if you know what I mean, uh, is an excellent candidate. So if you fall into that category and things are slipping in the wrong direction, there's a very good chance that in two or three weeks you can be back to normal. 
Why doesn't the medication work for a lot of these? You know, I think our body builds up a tolerance to it, so you have to take more and more. Um, Any medication comes with side effects. For some reason, the pills cause massive headaches in a lot of guys. Blurred vision. They wake up with a hangover the next day. Um, It drops their blood pressure. There's all kinds of issues that come with it. 801-901-8000 is the phone number. 801-901-8000. Tell them about the deal you got going. Yeah, call in now. We will do an initial assessment and exam. Uh, We've gotten, you know, really thorough with these. Examining you your history you can come in if you're curious and you don't even think the treatments are for you that's totally fine uh for those that call in right now we're going to do that uh entire initial process totally free 801-901-8000 andrew reinhardt from the wasatch medical clinic thanks andrew